we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 15th edition of the Sunday side of sports. Defending champion France beat Morocco Wednesday night 2-0 and will now play Argentina in Sunday's final at the FIFA World Cup football tournament in Qatar. Theo Hernandez and substitute Colo Muani had the goals for the French. Hernandez's goal came in the fifth minute. Morocco's manager, Walid Regragui, said after the game, and I quote, If I have one regret, it's the start of the match. We conceded a goal very quickly, and that gave France confidence and allowed them to have good shape. Now, up until Wednesday night, Morocco had not conceded any goals to opposing players at the World Cup. The only blemish was an own goal by Moroccan defender Naif Aguerd in a group stage match against Canada. Aguerd did not play against the French because of the flu. And Morocco's team captain, defender Romain Sace, came out after 20 minutes because of a lingering leg injury. The Moroccans still put up a valiant fight, though, in the 45th minute. Morocco's Jawad El Yamik came very close to scoring possibly the best goal at this World Cup. His bicycle kick arced toward the left post. And the Atlas Lions of Morocco continued to create scoring chances in the second half. Coach Regragui said, though, and I quote, Unfortunately, we weren't clinical in the last third. The small details that help real champions win. Defending champion France is now one win away from becoming the first team to win back-to-back World Cup titles since Brazil in 1962. As the Moroccan players knelt in prayer after the loss to the French, football fans and analysts around the world hailed Morocco for becoming the first African and Arab team to advance to the World Cup semifinals. Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with a football analyst based in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, Lacan Ige. In France versus Morocco, we are two of the best teams at the Ogwen World Cup playing against each other, and there was bound to be a winner. And shall I say, fortunately for France, they might uh, victorious. The scoreline didn't truly reflect what would have been the outcome of the game if both teams are taking their chances. Congratulations to France. Uh, playing in the World Cup final for the second consecutive time uh, shows the stuff they are made of. It means uh, they've had some of the best players in the world. And Morocco too can go you know, into the third place match against Croatia holding their heads high and say, look, they've broken the jinx. They've created the record for Africa. They become the first country in Africa to qualify for the semi-finals of a World Cup. And it's really good news for Morocco. Congratulations to France. Some African football analysts believe that the Atlas Lions of Morocco have proved that in future an African team can win the World Cup. What's your take on this? Surely an African team can win the World Cup 
in the future. It's been coming. We had Cameroon qualifying for the second round, Senegal and Ghana making quarterfinals of the World Cup, and Morocco has just broken that jinx by qualifying for the semi-finals. I think one of the best things African countries can do is to ensure that they strengthen their local league, make the local leagues better, attract the best of the players from across the world. Africa needs to have better economy. With better economy, we're able to get sponsorship, we're able to attract people to come, you know, to play for the local league in Africa. And as you strengthen the local league, you also strengthen the respective national teams, then they're able to test their strength against the best of the teams across the world. So surely an African team can win the World Cup someday. Leko, Morocco will meet Croatia for the second time for the third place game. What are the chances of the Atlas Lions of Morocco? Some may feel there's nothing at stake in the third place match of a World Cup, but for me, there's everything at stake. Uh, there's honor, you know, there's dignity at stake. Uh, no player wants to bow out of the World Cup without having a medal hanging on his neck. Unfortunately for Croatia, they will feel hard done. The, four years ago, they were in the finals in Russia. Uh, they were just uh, not too far away from the finals four years later. So this third place match might just be a compensation, you know, for the efforts of uh, Croatia in the last eight years. For Morocco to be in the first African country to qualify for the semi-finals of the World Cup, they might want to get better too by becoming the first uh, African country to have a third place uh, podium finish in the World Cup. So it's going to be a very crucial match, and I think. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, really. Uh, Croatia are done. Morocco feel uh, they don't right to the occasion against uh, France, and they might want to use the top place match against Croatia as a compensation, you know, for their uh, for their fans. So I expect a very tough match in this top place match. That's African football analyst Lacan Ige, and he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Port Harcourt, Nigeria. It is the biggest sports event of the year, the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. The magic of World Cup football was experienced Wednesday night by French President Emmanuel Macron. President Macron attended the France-Morocco World Cup semifinal in Qatar. And afterwards, he praised the Moroccans for their historic run to the last four of football's premier event. President Macron said Morocco has a great team, and he saluted the North African squad for playing, in his words, a beautiful game at the World Cup. President Macron also said he wants to tell the Moroccan people of our friendship. Morocco was ruled by France from 1912 to 1956, and the World Cup semifinal had political and emotional resonance for both nations. President Macron and French fans are now looking forward to Sunday's World Cup final against Argentina. 
It's a matchup that features Paris Saint-Germain superstars Kylian Mbappe of France and Lionel Messi of Argentina. President Macron comments on Messi. He's a great player when he plays in Paris, but I prefer him in Paris than his national team. So uh, we will do our best now. We have a lot of respect for, for, for this team. This is a wonderful one, but I think... Uh, the French team is well prepared. We have um, very experienced and very young players. And I, I think the mix of bo- both is absolutely incredible. And um, I'm very confident in this chemistry. And I think this is a team with uh, a lot of willingness, generosity. And uh, it will have 68 million people backing them. And I will be part of them. French President Emmanuel Macron is expected to attend Sunday's World Cup final between defending champion France and Argentina. Meanwhile, Argentina's superstar Lionel Messi is showing his support for Paraguayan painter Lily Cantero, who's been exhibiting her work at the World Cup in Qatar. Jacopo Luzzi reports from Doha, Qatar. As World Cup action captures the attention of fans around the globe, it is also a source of inspiration for Lily Cantero, who creates works of art showcasing the beauty of the sport. Using footballs as her canvases, the Paraguayan in Qatar for this year's World Cup has created works of art inspired by teams that have won the trophy. When Cantero learned of the deteriorating health of 82-year-old Brazilian football legend Pelé, she decided to use her talent to pay tribute to the man considered one of the greatest players of all time. This ball is inspired by Pelé's career as a way to pay him tribute and wish him strength to overcome what he's going through. The design is inspired by one of the most iconic photos of him lifting the World Cup. The hearts make reference to the three cups Brazil won with him. Cantero began to explore combining art with sport when some of her friends asked her to create designs on their football boots. Argentine football legend Lionel Messi shared a pair she made for him on social media. Messi's post led to international recognition for Cantero, prompting the government of Paraguay to send her to the tournament in Qatar to exhibit her work. The inspiration in each of her works is unique. Even the smallest details she draws on a booty are unique. When she paints on a football, Cantero first prepares the surface by removing the factory finish so the acrylic paint can set better. She then places the inflated ball on a special mount so it does not move while she uses brushes and airbrush to paint it. I always set very high goals for myself, so when I started working on this, I always knew I wanted to be here. I got the opportunity with the World Cup in Qatar, so here I am. Next will be the Women's World Cup, and there is a lot to do with other sports. In addition to the ball dedicated to Pelé, other samples of Cantero's work are on display at the South American Football Confederation's exhibition in Doha, including balls paying homage to other champions, such as Argentina's Diego Maradona. I am very blessed to be able to work in art, which is what I've always liked, and even more focusing on football. There are two things that I have always liked, and now i found the way to unite both things. Cantero says she had always dreamed 
that one day she would get to show off her talents during a World Cup. And her hard work has made her wish come true. Jacopo Luzzi for VOA News, Doha, Qatar. Thanks, Jacopo. And let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Lily Cantero, painting the beautiful game in Qatar. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. You can also follow the sunny side of sports and other VOA programs online at voaafrica.com. There you'll find lots of African news. For world news, go to voanews.com. Morocco reaching the final four at the World Cup was the year's big highlight in African men's football. But there were other highlights, and one of them occurred on February 6th when Senegal lifted its first Nations Cup trophy in Yaoundé, Cameroon. The Lions of Taranga of Senegal, who would go on to reach the round of 16 at the FIFA World Cup, 
defeated the pharaohs of Egypt in the Nations Cup final 4-2 on penalty kicks. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, let's listen to Samson O'Malley's post-match report from Yaoundé. After 52 matches, 30 days of competition, it all came down to the finals. There's a little bit of an advantage for the men in green. Senegal gets the African Cup of Nations final underway. Looking for money again now. This might be an opportunity. Is there a penalty? What's Victor Gomes say? Money brought down. A much bigger penalty now. And it is Senegal who missed the opportunity in a wonderful save from Position they faced nothing like that of Egypt. Yes, Salah. Salah with a shot, then they with a save. Good running, looking for the return pass. Chance in the middle for Jandro. Surely now. No. Good old the referee Victor Gomez. 19 minutes of football up. The Cup of Nations final will continue with extra time. In Dakar, Senegal, this was how the victory was celebrated the moment Mane scored the decisive penalty. Thereafter, spoke about the Afghan victory, his penalty miss, and his teammates' encouragement after he missed the earlier penalty in regulation time. It's not only the most important trophy, but it's the more important day of my life, the best day of my life, and of course, so far the best trophy of my life. And I can't express my my my, my feeling today. I'm very happy. The big difference today is my teammate. After missing the penalty, everybody come to me in the dressing room. Sajo, we don't care what what happened. We lose together, we win together. We, we push again, and we're going to make it. And the end of when I was going to shoot the second penalty, they all come to me. We trust you, go do it. I think that makes the difference. I think that was the strength today for Senegal. So it gave me more motivation to shoot and score, and I did it for all of the people. I think this trophy is the first ever trophy of the history of Senegal. So the people cry everything about it because they've been waiting so long but still this trophy myself i think i give it to Sisse. he deserves it this man for me is something else another reaction we have on the victory of the taranga lions is coming from former senegal great
Kalio Fadiga, who says the patience of the coach Aliu Sise has yielded dividends and shows the indomitable spirit of his country. Absolutely disturbing because it's the first time that uh, Senegal win the, the African Cup. And it's good for us because it's one from the 2002. And we are so proud because we are part of it. I think we, we saw it a couple, a, couple, a couple of times on the TV uh, that the boys were celebrating like we used to do in 2002. So, so proud to be here tonight. So proud to be Senegal and so proud to be on the top of Africa. That's the way it is. Senegal has never given up. That's former Senegalese footballer Kalilou Fadiga, who played at the 2002 World Cup in Japan and South Korea. The Lions of Taranga of Senegal made a memorable run to the quarterfinals in their World Cup debut in Asia. This year, as I mentioned earlier, the Lions of Taranga minus their inspirational captain, Sadio Mane, reached the round of 16 at the World Cup in Qatar. And thanks to Samson O'Malley for that spicy Nations Cup report from earlier this year in Yaoundé, Cameroon. Hi, I'm Francis Tiafo. You're listening to Sunny Side of Sports on Voice of America. Turning to tennis... Two of the sport's all-time greats, Roger Federer and Serena Williams, retired this year. Between them, Roger and Serena won 43 Grand Slam singles titles. Federer won 20 major tournaments, and Williams won 23. 41-year-old Serena Williams turned professional in 1995, and Roger Federer, also 41, turned pro in 1998. Many of Serena's professional peers on the Women's Tennis Association tour commented on her legacy. In this sunny side of sports highlight for 2022, we'll hear from some of them now, starting with world number one Iga Świątek of Poland. Um, she has done so much, and honestly... For me, it's still pretty surreal when I see her and I still feel like, you know, um, I'm just a kid who's who's watching, you know, and um, I watch her my my whole life. Basically, she she was everywhere because she always, (laughs) always won uh, and was somewhere in the same finals or or the finals. So I didn't always feel like um, I'm this kind of player who can like play similar tennis because she always seemed so strong and really stronger than any of her opponents physically uh but mentally for sure um she's the one who's gonna show you how to use your position and how to kind of intimidate with being number one um and i'm not i'm trying to do that you know i don't know if it's going well or not we're gonna see probably in a couple of months or maybe next season uh, but for sure, she's she's a great example, and especially um, also with how she copes with having business and playing at the same time, or being a mother and playing at the same time. It's just amazing. It's not like uh, many athletes have athletes have done that. So um, I, I I think it, it's great that we have somebody like that in our sport to who cleared the path and kind of show us that you can do anything and sky's the limit that's the 2022 u.s open champion iga sviantek of poland iga also counts two french open titles among her three major championships naomi osaka of japan has won four grand slam titles 
two Australian Opens and two U.S. Opens. And Naomi says Serena Williams has a lasting legacy. I think that her legacy is really wide to the point where you can't even describe it in words. Like, she changed the sport so much. She's introduced people that have never heard of tennis um, into the sport. And I think I'm a product of what she's done. I wouldn't be here without um, Serena Venus, you know, her whole family. And I'm, like, very thankful to her. And what was really weird is I watched her first match in Toronto before she announced it. And for some reason, I just started crying because I felt it. Like, I felt like... um, When I played her in Australia, people were like, that's the last time she's going to be in Australia. I was like, dang, I I really don't want this to be true. And then um, I kind of felt like she was gearing up for her last U.S. swing. And I just started crying. And then she announced it the day later. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is this is what devastation must feel like. But yeah. I mean, it's just really, it really is an honor just to keep watching her play. Meanwhile, 18-year-old American Coco Goff says Venus Williams and Serena Williams are her tennis idols. She says Serena and Venus are the reason she wanted to pick up a tennis racket. And Coco talks about when she first met Serena. Um, so I first met Serena. She doesn't probably, definitely doesn't know this. I don't, I think I was nine or ten years old and um they needed a stunt double to play a young version of her just to face down uh, i think it was for a delta commercial i don't even think they ever used it i don't think they ever used it but that was like my first check i ever got as a kid um so so she doesn't know this but the first money i ever made for myself was because of her doing a commercial so i met her and i stopped by her trailer took a picture and she did yeah i don't she probably doesn't even know but yeah my mom actually sent me a picture like a couple weeks ago of me like waiting um getting my hair done by the people and then i think really just her the way she was able to transcribe in the sport that's predominantly white i feel like that's something as a little girl and even now um just meant a lot to me um especially like growing up there wasn't you know I would say before I was born, there wasn't many. And before Serena came along, there wasn't, you know, not really an icon of the sport that looked like me. And so growing up, I never thought that I was different because, you know, the number one player in the world was somebody who looked like me. So I think that's the biggest thing that I can take from what I've learned from Serena. Then also on a more personal personal level, I got to, you know, have a couple conversations with, with her um, later on in life. And Um, I think it's just the way that she handles herself and she never puts herself down. And I love that she always elevates herself. And a lot of times being a woman and in the world, a black woman in the world, you kind of settle for less. And I feel like Serena um, just taught me that from watching her. She never settled for less. I I can't think of a moment in in her career, in her life that she settled for less. And I think that's something that I took from and I never me as a person as I'm growing into being an adult and learning um, how to handle things now um, with media and tennis and everything. I'm trying to learn to not settle for less. Coco Goff says Serena's long professional tennis career spanning almost a quarter century of success is truly amazing. Really impressive. I mean, she won her first U.S. Open years before I was born. So um, I guess part of, you know, I've seen her career my whole life, but, you know, part of it I didn't see. Um, so, and, it, and you know, I've missed a lot of it. And even at that point, it seems super long. So, um, 
I think it's just, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to dominate for generations. <laughs> I mean, she showed that, but that's why for me, like, she's always going to be considered the GOAT because she didn't dominate one generation. She didn't dominate two generations. She dominated for three plus generations. And I don't think anybody else did that. So um, that's why um, it's sad to see her leave. But also at the same time, um, you know, she's doing she's going to do completely a bunch of amazing things um off the court i mean she's in the fashion world um she i saw her model walk the runway of a show like we're going to see a lot of serena later on and i think we're going to see a lot of coco goff later on especially on the tennis courts coco reached the quarterfinals at the recent u.s open in new york now we'll hear from canada's leila fernandez like for me serena's achieved so much in the game and you know to be playing for this long i think it's really inspiring and um it just shows her drive and and it's just quite incredible how how dominating she has been for for the majority of her career and um yeah, I think that she, I love watching her play. And for me, facing her the other week, I was, you know, I couldn't think about who was on the other side of the court because I knew as soon as I did, like, my mind would probably start going. Um, so I, I just had to take it and look at the ball and not think about anything else. And, and it's really, really challenging. So that's Canadian tennis player Layla Fernandez commenting on the legacy of American star Serena Williams. And that wraps up the December 15th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.